Have the St. Louis Cardinals turned a corner? A weekend sweep in Boston has the team feeling pretty good about themselves heading into their series against the first place Milwaukee Brewers. This is Locked on Cardinals. You are Locked on Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Cardinals fans. I'm J.D. Hafford, and I'm a national radio sports anchor, born and raised in the Lou and a lifetime Cardinals fan, and I'm your host for Locked On Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're a team every day. Follow me on Twitter at J.D. Sports Radio and the podcast at LO underscore Cardinals. want to thank those of you who make Locked On Cardinals your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts, and you can find us on YouTube. Make sure you like, subscribe, and comment. That way you can interact with us and hit the notification button so you know when the new episodes are posted. This is a show serving Cardinal Nation and giving the best fans in baseball all of the info about the birds on the bat. So this is what winning feels like. All right. I I think I kind of forgot, you know, it had been a while since, you know, last year when we had won a few games in the same week. So it's nice. I like it. And to quote the great Ebby Calvin Nuke Lelouch from Bull Durham, I love winning. You know what I'm saying? It's like, It's like better than losing. What a weekend for the Cardinals, who came into the series in Boston having won two of three in Chicago over the Cubs. Nice. But at the same time, kind of got curb stomped by the Cubs in that getaway game on Wednesday. So you were hoping that it didn't leave a bad taste in their mouths and, you know, ruin any of the good vibes that they had built from the wins on Monday and Tuesday. So on Friday night, they they go out and they get off to a, a hot start thanks to Nolan Arenado, two-run shot over the monster, his fourth of the season on Friday. Uh, I laid out my my pick-to-click for you, which I, I do when a new series starts. And uh, my, my pick-to-click was Nolan Arenado. I just kind of went with my gut. And he paid off in a huge way this weekend, uh, as good of a, a, a pick-to-click as I've ever had. Uh, Wainwright looked strong early on in this one, but has uh, has been the case for Cardinal starting pitchers a lot so far this season. They get hit around in the middle innings. You know, if they make it through the first three or four, they look good. And then the middle innings start and things go south. So he coughs up the lead, but give the team credit. The Cardinals kept fighting. They grabbed the lead back only to, I don't know, see it disappear again in the eighth inning after a couple of leadoff walks by Hennessy Cabrera, who was then forced to pitch to Rafael Devers, who doubles that plates too. And of course, we're all thinking it, right? Here we go again. Here we go again. It's not one thing, it's another. And now the bullpen's going to let us down. But the Cardinals, who haven't been a winning team much at all yet this year, do something that winning teams do in this game on Friday, and that's don't quit. They don't quit. They get a huge leadoff walk by Paul DeYoung, who then steals second base, also huge, because then Newt comes up, singles him home to tie it up, and then that sets up the uh, dramatic pinch at home run by Nolan Gorman off Kenley Jansen, and the Cardinals come back to win this one by the score of 8-6, to six, a thrilling win for a team that really hasn't had a lot to smile about yet this season. So then on Saturday, we had way less offense. Steven Matz goes 5-30, and he allows three runs on eight hits. Nothing special, but he doesn't have that blow-up inning that, that he's been susceptible to a lot this season. You know, he kept the damage at a minimum, and he kept the team in striking distance, which is really what you want from your starting pitchers especially if you don't have somebody who who is expected to go out there and dominate the opposition, which we know Steven Matz does not do. 
But he he kept them within striking distance, and they needed it because on the other side, the Red Sox had Chris Sale on the mound. And Chris Sale's done uh, a lot of time on the IL. He's been injured a lot, but he looked like he was back to his all-star form. He strikes out nine over eight. That coming off a game where he struck out 10. Uh, I believe it was against Philly in that one. And he allows just one run. So a tough day at the plate for, for the Cardinals. But again, they don't give up. The Sox go to Jansen again in the ninth inning. And again, the Cardinals deliver. It starts with a walk again. This time it's Paul Goldschmidt who gets it. And we know how leadoff walks have killed the Cardinals this year, right? You get into an inning, leadoff walk ends up coming around to score just about every single time. So it's kind of nice to see, you know, the opposition dealing with this uh, this problem for a change. So uh, Goldie walks, then Contreras comes up next and has one of the best mind screw at bats I've ever seen and essentially forces a walk, which sets up another Nolan Gorman pinch hit. This time you get a you get a double instead of a dinger, but it pulls them within one. And then you get another break. Things that have not gone the Cardinals' way pretty much at all in 2023 starting to go their way a little bit. The Cardinals haven't seen a lot of that this year. Burleson hits this slow chopper up the middle with the bases loaded. And Boston is unable to turn two. They're trying to rush things because they know if they don't get Burleson at, at first, that run's going to score. So they rush it. They throw it away. Two runners come around to score. Cardinals grab the lead and go on to win it by the score of four to three. A fantastic come from behind win there, too. So now you're feeling really, really good about yourself going into Sunday's game. And you've got Corey Kluber on the mound. He hasn't been that great. And you've got Miles Michaelis, your so-called ace (laughs) on the hill for you. And he was on Sunday. Okay, you can't knock Miles for what he did on Sunday night. Straight deal and no strikeouts, which is very rare in this day and age, but he goes six innings, just one run on four hits. The bullpen allows no runs over the final three frames. You get Nolan Arenado driving in four in this one, including his sixth home run of the season, third of the series. Lars Newbar goes three for six with three runs scored. How good has he been in the leadoff role, right? If only they had started him there sooner this season, but that's okay. That's a, that's We don't have to worry about that anymore. Uh, DeYoung and Kisner go yard, and I mean way yard on both their home runs. DeYoung's blast goes 425 feet. Kisner's goes 432. And the Cardinals just cream the Red Sox 9-1. to They sweep Boston for the first time ever. Never happened. This is the first time they've ever done it. So a heck of a weekend. So have the Cardinals turn the corner? That is the question people want answered. Personally, I think confidence-wise, the answer is yes. I think it's absolutely yes, confidence-wise. Situations like Friday and Saturday would be easy spots to, you know, kind of mope your way through the final inning and accept defeat. But instead, they were resilient, and they they kept taking good at-bats. They draw those walks. They showed patience at the plate. And most of all, what they showed to me was heart. They showed heart in coming back and winning those games. And honestly, Cardinals fans appreciate that type of fight Even if you don't win, even if they had lost those games, Cardinal fans would have gave them credit for putting up a fight to the very end. And when you play the game right and you do the little things correctly, you play with passion, you play with heart. No matter what the scoreboard says at the end, you'll at least have the respect of the fans. You know, you you can walk off that field saying, I gave it 110%. I did my best today. We really put forth the effort. It didn't work out for us. That's going to happen in the game of baseball. And usually when you do the the little things right and you play that way, more times than not, you'll find yourself on the winning side of things. And during the tough times at the start of the year, I think that's what fans were more upset about. More than anything was that 
the lack of effort, you know, is what it looked like to us. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe, maybe they were trying their hardest at all times, but it sure didn't look like it. Sure looked like a lot of going through the motions, lack of enthusiasm on the field. They had the silly errors and mistakes that were leading to those losses. And what we saw this weekend was the exact opposite. Exact opposite. My gosh, was it refreshing to finally see. Normally, I would give you the good, the bad, and the ugly about that series, right? That's how I usually wrap things up. But we're going to switch it up a little bit today because I don't really have anything negative to say about what they did in Boston this weekend. I really don't. So we'll we'll, we'll switch it up next. I'll tell you what I'm going to do, and we'll have it for you on Locked on Cardinals. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. You know, every part needs to fit just right. You can't just jam parts don't fit on your car in there. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. I don't know a ton about cars. I will be honest with you. I'm not a car guy. But what I need to go into my Jeep, I, I don't really know. Like, I, I need assistance, you know? I mean, have you ever gone to uh, like a, an auto parts place and then tried to get new windshield wipers and you see the selection and you're just like overwhelmed? Like, that's me. I don't, I'm like, what? there's a hundred of them here. What do I do? I don't know which one actually fits my car. I don't know what all these numbers mean and these codes. eBay Motors can eliminate issues like that. Just add your ride to my garage, look for the green check to know the part will fit or you get your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay, guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusion supply. The Cardinals are back home to face the Brewers, and you can catch every pitch of the Cardinals hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Cardinals. want to thank my everydayers for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen. Uh, if you haven't missed, or if you did miss, sorry, if you missed my, my conversation that I had with top 30 pitching prospect Ian Bedell last week, be sure to give it a listen as we try to, you know, get you acquainted with some of these names and faces of the future of the Cardinals organization before they actually get to St. Louis. Uh, Ian actually started on Sunday, gave up one earned run over three and a third in the Peoria Chiefs five to four win. Our guy, Victor Scott, have you seen what he's doing? We talked to him earlier in spring training. Two more stolen bases on Sunday. He's got 26 of them already on the season, which is tops in all of minor league baseball. The dude can fly and you can go view that interview with him. That is uh, located in our archives as well. And you can also find it on YouTube if you want to see it that way, too. Um there's a lot to be positive about this weekend. And I was talking to my mom yesterday for Mother's Day, and we were going back and forth about how much fun it is to watch them, you know, winning and playing Cardinal baseball again. And, um, you know, she was like, I don't know what you're going to do about your good, bad, and ugly segment. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe we don't do that this time around. Instead, we're going to go with the good, the great, and the beautiful. We're staying all positive on this edition of Locked on Cardinals. So let's start with the good. I need to show some love to Mr. Andrew Kisner. Andrew Kisner has been the starting catcher for the last nine games, during which the Cardinals are six and three. He's gone nine of 32 in those games. He's hitting 281 with more than half of his hits going for extra bases with two home runs and four doubles. 
The home run that he hit on Sunday night, an absolute bomb, 432 feet to dead center. Andrew Kisner was put in a very awkward situation when the Cardinals removed Contreras from his catching duties. He was arguably under more pressure than anyone else in this situation. Think about it. Not only was it on him to figure out what the heck was going on with his pitching staff, but it was on him to correct these problems. And on top of that, he's got to try to produce offensively as part of this lineup, something that he has struggled with since coming up to the major leagues. And in a way, the Cardinals said, Andrew Kisner, please save us from drowning. And so far, he has. <laughs> He's been David Hasselhoff in Baywatch. He's diving in and said, all right, let me let me help you guys out here. He's going in. And now the pitching staff's numbers, which I went through on Friday, they haven't reflected a, a, a ton of change stats-wise, of course, leading into the weekend. But the most important stat is wins and losses, is it not? And the team is now 6-3. and three. Mats looked better in Boston. Michaelis, last night, looked fantastic. And no, that's not all because of Andrew Kisner. It's it's also a part of these pitchers finally getting better, like doing what they're supposed to be doing, all right? We know that a lot of these pitchers aren't as horrible <laughs> as they have been so far this season. We know Michaelis wasn't the guy that we saw in those first few starts where he was just getting slaughtered by people. So he they've gotten better, okay? The stats may not show it, but the Cardinals are winning. And he's added that extra, you know, bonus of the offense that he's putting up there as well. Um, that shouldn't be overlooked either. So I, a tip of the cap to one Andrew Kisner for doing the dirty stuff right now that really could have backfired on the Cardinals and on him. Because what if the pitching staff got really worse and they kept losing and then everybody's just like, okay, he's terrible. But instead, now we're like, okay, maybe Andrew Kisner needs to be catching more. And Contreras doesn't need to be behind, the, behind home plate as much. I still think he needs to be catching, which he will be doing tonight. But Andrew Kisner's done a great job. And how about some love for Paul DeYoung? Paul DeYoung, who in 16 games is now hitting 309, four home runs. He's got a 367 OBP, slugging 582, which would lead the club if he was eligible. 949 OPS, which would also lead the club if he was eligible, hasn't had enough at bats yet. And he's got an OPS plus of 169 or 161, which you guessed it would also lead the club. Paul DeYoung has been incredible. Coming into the season, think about this for a moment. Coming into the season, Andrew Kisner, Paul DeYoung, two guys that a lot of us, including myself, thought were a problem for this roster have turned out to be key cogs in rebuilding a broken team that we saw in April and early May. Like, who would have seen this coming? Nobody. Nobody. I don't know anybody that was like, yes, <laughs> Kisner and DeYoung will be the ones to uh, weather the storm if we come out and we suck. Nobody said that. And I'm happy for him. I think it's great. I think it's great. Uh, let's talk about Speaking of great, the great Nolan Arenado. We're giving him the great from uh, 
this weekend because he just goes off in Boston. Final stats for the weekend, seven for 14, three home runs, seven RBIs. He scores four times, raises his average from 233 at the start of the series to 256. And it's been said before, as Arenado goes, so do the Cardinals. When the body language of arguably the most important player on your team is showing frustration, confusion, and at times just pure defeat, you know there's a problem. And that's what we were seeing from Nolan Arenado. Not only is the team losing, but he's not hitting anything. He looks as lost as he has ever looked at the plate as a Cardinal, and I would guess as a major league hitter. And I can't sit here and point at Nolan and say, you should be happy and energized all the time because that's not realistic. Human nature human nature sets in when things aren't going right. The team isn't winning. You're not hitting. Fans are upset. Everything is crumbling. Nobody's immune to that, except maybe Paul Goldschmidt, <laughs> who never smiles or never frowns. He, he, The dude is like a mannequin out there emotionally, just nothing. But the dude can hit. He sure can hit. Quietly, Goldie hitting 313, seven home runs, 21 RBIs, 24 runs scored, and five stolen bases. Where did those come from? Leads all first baseman in that category, by the way, in Major League Baseball. But Arnato is the key. He's the heartbeat of this offense, and if he locks in like he was this weekend, it will only mean positive things for this team moving forward. And then finally, we're going to go with uh, the beautiful. And I, and I got to give this one to Wilson Contreras, and specifically the Wilson Contreras at bat against Kenley Jansen on Saturday was one of the goofiest yet most satisfying walks I have ever seen in Major League Baseball. The fact that Contreras took the pitch clock and turned it against the Red Sox closer was mwah, chef's kiss beautiful. Now, for those who missed it or don't have a clue what the heck I'm talking about, Contreras has until the eight-second mark on the pitch clock to, to get in the box and be ready to swing. Until that time, he is allowed to relax and just kind of chill. And he keeps his one foot, his front foot, out of the box until he is ready for the pitcher to begin his delivery. So when a pitcher like Jansen on Saturday was trying to you know get into a rhythm, which pitchers do, he was getting stalled by Contreras not allowing him to start his motion until that eight-second point, whether Jansen liked it or not. And Jansen does a lot of twitchy, goofy stuff before he actually actually delivers the pitch. So it takes a little time for him to do those little maneuvers. And Contreras wasn't going to give him the time to do it comfortably and at the pace that he wanted to do it. And because of this, Contreras got two free balls in that at bat, including ball four, which then put runners on first and second for Nolan Arenado. Now, Arenado didn't come through in that particular situation, but you know, all of those mental shenanigans that Contreras did, it, it took its toll on Jansen, who then had to think about all of these mechanisms that he does and how quick he has to do them to get you know the, the pitch delivered on time. And he ends up serving up another RBI double to Gorman, then had to walk Donovan, which led to the uh, the Burleson tapper that the Red Sox had to hurry on to, to turn two to prevent the run scoring. It forces that Aaron throw, scores two runners, Cardinals get the lead. The ball hardly left the infield that inning. And the Cardinals pulled that off. 
These are things that were not happening for the Cardinals earlier on this season. And now we're starting to see things even out a little bit. And let's hope they continue that way. And I also love that Willie has embraced this villain role that he's got. You know, Molina used to do the same thing against teams. You know, fans didn't really boo, boo uh, Albert Pujols or Jimmy Edmonds or Scotty Rowland unless, you know, he was in Philly. It was always Molina who got booed by the opposing fans. It's a sign of respect, but at the same time, it's a, a sign of, gosh, you annoy us. And Molina was their bad guy for a lot of crowds. And to see Contreras do that now, it's fun. <laughs> and even better, uh, it appears to be working. You know, since he started doing it in Chicago, things have gone pretty well for the Cardinals so far. Uh, Wilson is set to resume catching tonight. As I mentioned, uh, the Cardinals welcome in the first place Milwaukee Brewers. We're going to preview that series, and I'll give you my pick to click for this series next on Locked on Cardinals. The Cardinals will send Jack Flaherty to the mound tonight against the Brewers, and you can catch every pitch of the Cardinals' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Cardinals. Uh, the Cardinals have now won six of their last seven games, and after digging themselves such a large hole, remember, they had lost eight in a row. <laughs> eight in a row. Uh, it's going to take some time to dig themselves out of this. So when you hear winners of six of seven, you might be shocked to find out that the Cardinals still have the worst record in the National League which they do at 16 and 25 because making up ground is not going to be easy because not only do you have to win, but other teams have to lose as well. Uh, the Pirates who got off to that scorching start have come crashing back to earth like a like a meteor in the movie Armageddon, which still some people think is crap. I think it's a fantastic movie. One of the best from Bruce Willis ever. Um, they've lost eight of their last 10. They're just two and 10 in the month of May, which has allowed the Milwaukee Brewers to pass them in the NL Central standings. The Brewers... Swept the Kansas City Royals over the weekend. They're one of the few teams that have a worse record than the Cardinals this year. But they're 5-5 five and five in their last 10, 5-7 and seven in the month of May. So it's not like they have just been, you know, beating up the competition. And it's a series like this that, that begins tonight in St. Louis where the Cardinals can reestablish themselves in the division because despite the Cardinals' struggles, nobody has run away with this thing yet. The Cardinals are seven and a half back in the division and it's May 15th, so that's plenty of time to make up ground, but you have to win games against your division opponents because you're not playing them as much as you used to because now every team is playing every team in the major league, so you lost some division games against your, these guys to go play You know, people like the Angels and the Rangers and you know the Yankees and stuff like that. So winning... At least two of these games against the Brewers, and hopefully all three, it's very, very important. And let's not forget about the mental side of this as well. The Brewers took two of three in Milwaukee against the Cardinals earlier this year. The Cardinals scored a combined seven runs in those three games, getting shut out once and scoring just one in the Sunday loss. And you didn't have to face Corbin Burns uh, during that series either. Uh, being able to score and win like they just did in Boston could be a huge plus for this team. Because the Milwaukee Brewers, despite being in first place, they're not a great team. They're not. They really aren't. They're a good team. They're a solid team. But they've got their issues, too. Uh, pitching, still the key with Milwaukee, 7th in ERA. The starters are 11th at 3.92. Uh, Devin Williams is uh, virtually unhittable. <laughs> so you don't want to see him in any game if you can help it. 
Um, the shoulder injury to Brandon Woodruff, that's been a huge thing for them. Uh, remember, the Cardinals had to face him. He was the one that shut him out in game one. Uh, not expected back until the end of June. So you've got a lot of time here to make up some ground while they're missing him. Corbin Burns had a, a bumpy first couple of, of games this season, but he's back to his normal A game nowadays. So um, you are going to have to face him in this series. Tonight, you've got Jack Flaherty against Freddie Peralta. Now, Freddie Peralta has been very, very good this season. Uh, the Cardinals did face him before. Last time out, he bottled him up, allowing just one run over six innings while striking out seven. He's allowed two or less runs in five of his seven starts this year, and he just shut down the Dodgers in his last start. He's been really good. So going to be a tough task tonight. Now, Goldschmidt and Arnato have hit Peralta well. They're the only two guys in the lineup that have hit him all that well. Goldie is hitting 438 with two dingers off him, while Arenado is hitting 353 with three home runs off of Freddie. So maybe we'll have some good nights from them as well tonight. On the offensive side of things for the Brewers, the team is 16th in league batting average. They're hitting 241 as a team. They're 11th in home runs, 15th in RBIs. 17th in OBP, 18th in slugging, 17th in OPS, and are 10th in stolen bases. So the offense is not great. It's not. It's nothing to be afraid of. You have to respect it, but you don't have to be afraid of it either. You know, uh, looking at the Red Sox offense, especially at Fenway Park this past weekend, that was somebody we were like, oh boy, this this could be these could be scary. And for the most part, the Cardinals were able to. Keep them at bay. Uh, big issue for the Brewers offense has been injuries. Uh, they lost rookie outfielder Garrett Mitchell, one of their top prospects, to a shoulder injury. He might be done for the year. And then Luis Urias has been out with a hammy since opening day. And he's not expected back anytime soon. So uh, pretty bad injury there to the hammy. Uh, big left-handed first baseman Rowdy Telez leads them in home runs with 10. He's also tied with the uh, team lead in RBIs with 23, along with Willie Adamas and Christian Yelich. The team does strike out a lot. They have the 10th most strikeouts as a team in Major League Baseball, so that's something you hope that uh, the Cardinals can exploit over the next three days. Uh, Yelich has been hot recently, hitting 412 with three home runs and seven RBIs in his last five games. We know how he has scorched the Cardinals in the past, so please be very careful with him. He's also 9 for 29 in his career against tonight's starter Jack Flaherty with two home runs. Adamas in just seven at-bats against Jack is hitting 429 with two home runs. And then Jesse Winker, who a lot of people forgot was even on this team because he's been terrible this year, is hitting 389 with two home runs off Jack and 18 at-bats. So far this year, though, uh, he's hitting closer to the Mendoza line. I think he's hitting like 212, does not have a home run this season. Jesse Winker looks like a shell of himself from the uh, guy who was an all-star just a couple of years ago in Cincinnati. And... Uh, Let's not forget, on top of all of you know what Milwaukee brings to the table, Jack Flaherty has struggled. Jack Flaherty has not been good recently. And you have the return of Wilson Contreras behind a home plate tonight. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying things could get ugly tonight at Bush Stadium. It wouldn't shock me if, if, if Flaherty got hit around. I hope he doesn't. I really do. But look at the stats. Look at what the past has been. Could get bad. I'm hoping they don't, but uh, a lot of red flags there going into tonight's start. Uh, the Cardinals do have an injury of their own to be worried about. Dylan Carlson left Sunday's game with a sprained left ankle and is considered day-to-day. -day, uh, stumbled out of the box. I thought, I, I at first, I was like, oh, no. I thought it was his Achilles tendon. I really did. And uh, to hear that it's just an ankle, that's great news. Um, 
right-handers have hit Peralta better than lefties this year. So I'm not sure how Ali is going to want to set up the outfield in the lineup tonight. I mean, he could go a number of different ways. I, for one, have enjoyed Brendan Donovan in the outfield. I think he's been fantastic out there. Um, so I wouldn't mind seeing him get the start in uh, in left field or right field. With Contreras catching, you can move Gorman back to DH, have Tommy Edmond play second, Paul DeYoung, Really no reason to take him out right now. I mean, he's doing great, so leave him at short. Donovan in left or right, and then you've got Newton center and either Burleson or Yepes in left or right, whichever one he wants to go with um, as far as the matchup. Like I said, righties hit Peralta better than lefties, so I don't know which one he's going to go with there. I mean, as goofy as Burleson looks in the outfield when he's going after a fly ball, I still kind of trust him more than Yepes <laughs> as a defender. We know Burleson's got a better arm, so... I would probably lean towards Alec Burleson tonight, but it may not happen. But um, they are going to play ball tonight, and I'm looking forward to watching it. Thanks for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. Tomorrow we'll recap the action from tonight, and uh, I'll tell you where Jordan Walker lands on the new top 100 prospect list because uh, they still got him on there considering that even though he made the opening day roster, I guess you know they're like, well, he didn't really – play all that much when he was up there, you know, long enough to where he's not a prospect anymore. So he um, he's moved up. I'll tell you that much, but we'll, uh, we'll tell you exactly where he lands uh, according to the MLB pipeline tomorrow and let you know how he's been doing at AAA. Uh, be sure to catch every pitch of the Cardinals hometown broadcast for their series against the Brewers at Bush with Sirius XM on the SXM app. Search Cardinals. If you haven't already, please give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals and at JD Sports Radio. Like and subscribe on YouTube. You guys are the best fans in baseball for a reason, and I'll see you next time on Locked on Cardinals.